If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. And so while you're talking about San Francisco and you do the little fact sheet about the city and geography because you're learning about fault lines and you learn how many people are there and you learn about how big it is, just mention the fact that it's like the city in the USA that has the largest um, uh, number of gay households. Mm. Because that is well, that's one of the geography. Facts. That is a geography. Yeah. Fact. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's something that's just not, and you don't like, like dwell geography. on it. You're yeah. just like, yeah, this is this is kind of interesting and important. And then you can be like, mm. cause and effect. Do gay people cause earthquakes? Think about it. Um, <laughs> if there's questions you pretend you know are all too scared to ask, then listen, mate, you're in the right place. Cause Lena's got your Hello and welcome back to I'm Not Being Funny But, the podcast where we ask the questions you pretend you knew the answers to or the ones you didn't think to ask. Now before we jump into today's episode, I have a very exciting announcement. If you live in London or somewhere in the reach of London or happen to be travelling through London on the 8th of September, I would love to take this chatting, podcast, listening relationship to a physical level, yeah. Hmm... Um, So I am going to be at the London Podcast Festival at 2pm on the 8th of September. We're going to be recording a live episode of I'm Not Being Funny But in a big hall with lots of seats. So I am looking for bums for the seats. Do you have a bum? Would you like it to have a seat? (laughs) What's happening? It is going to be at King's Place near King's Cross Station. If you would like to buy a ticket, you can find links on my Twitter at Lena Norms uh, in the description of this podcast, or you can go to po.st slash Lena, L-E-E-N-A, at A-T, podcast fest. My special guest is none other than the absolutely bloody lovely Laura Jane Williams. Laura is a writer, columnist, and uh, wrote this incredible book called Ice Cream for Breakfast. Uh, So we are going to be chatting about how to ditch bullshit adult problems, times when we've been tempted to swap property ladders for blanket fork competitions, credit score counting for a good clean game of hopscotch, asking if we really do need to grow up, if it's okay to seek praise, and most importantly, 
is it okay to have ice cream for breakfast? It's the first live show for this podcast, so it's gonna be a historic moment. I will be around to chat afterwards and see you all, and I'd be really pumped if you could come. Anyway, on with the podcast. Um, on today's episode, we are asking, am I being a dick online? And I'm calling this episode the queer edition. Uh, so Rowan Ellis is uh, was my friend, is now my housemate, mutually exclusive. No, I promise we are, we are better friends than ever now that we live together. Uh, but this was recorded, well, it must have been like uh, a long time before we lived together. Uh, because something that I wanted to discuss on this podcast isn't just the ways that other people can be awful and, and disgusting, that's because it's very unworthy, but the ways that we can be dicks online, maybe to people and not really realise it. And also those those that recognition that we've probably all been dicks online at some point or had the capacity to be dick online but no access to a Twitter account. How we reconcile ourselves with that, uh, how we spot and explain when companies are being dicks online. Um, and I wanted to talk to Rowan because um, she is an expert in queer theory and the history of queer rights and is very active online, which as you can imagine, brings some interesting opinions to her court. There are always silly questions I want to ask around this topic and I always feel like it's not the right time so this is a podcast really for me to make the right time in inverted commas uh, where I can ask all of these questions and I hope that uh, this also helps you if you've been ever thinking about asking these questions or or wanting to know more about how people who exist in a digitally queer space uh, deal with the kind of issues that come with that. Also, in this context, we get to witness me live learning what a turf is from Rowan, which is really interesting because this interview is probably recorded about a year ago and I thought I have always known what a turf is, but clearly not. It's actually a very recent learning for me. Uh, so there you go. If you don't know what a turf is, you're about to find out. So this is me and Rowan asking, am I being a dick online? So I wanted to talk today about being a dick online because I think it's one thing that I am ridiculously afraid of being. I am daily say that other people are being a dick online. <laughs> and I think a lot of the conversations on Twitter at the moment are about who's being a dick online. Mm -hmm. and but I think it's also like good to re like recognize when you have been a dick online. And like something that I'm really, really thankful for, like straight off the bat, is that I did not have Twitter when I was 14. Mm -hmm. Because when yeah. I was 14, I like, aside from lots of other really weird beliefs um, that I picked up being a teenage Christian, was that like, I thought that being gay was a choice. <laughs> And I thought that, like, you probably shouldn't be allowed to get married if you were gay. <laughs> and those classic, are things that... Classic yeah, stuff. But yeah, what, yeah. What, what, another one of my privileges, on top of all my privileges, is I have the privilege of, of like, no record of that. Like, yeah. there's no online record of me saying those things or thinking those things. And at the same time, I had no access to any other opinions <laughs> because mm -hmm. of not having yeah. the internet. But, yeah. But has, has there been any times where you've been a dick online? So, on Facebook, on their this day in the past. Um, I looked at it, it was like maybe four months ago and it was from when I, the very first year I got Facebook, it was like eight years ago. And it was a, a post that my friend had made um, and who's biracial and I'd just done a comment about color blindness in like a completely like, shouldn't we all just like not see race? Like wouldn't the world be amazing if we all just saw nothing? And I'm like, that was that's on my that's on Facebook, so literally yeah. no one can see it except for people who I'm like friends with IRL as it were. Mm. And I commented on it being like, lol, like Rowan eight years ago was like <laughs> was a dick. <laughs> and everyone was like, lol, it's hilarious. Yeah. Um but like I do think that if that had been something that was more public, it in which it was kind of these people who are not 
your friends or people who know you and know you as like a whole person and can and know who you are now and can look back at who you are then and and have it in context then yeah it just it I can see how it could have been something that was pinned against you that was like this is a thing that you used to believe therefore this is part of who you are now Mm. um well yeah so I was like oh good times um in terms of being a dick recently I try not to be a dick I mean Mm. like but I do think I I generally like subscribe to the idea that you call out culture is like kind of toxic and you but I also understand that people get angry and that pe- there are sometimes that people are like this isn't necessarily about you one person that I'm angry at this is the fact that like you are the 50th person to have done this exact thing to me and so this this like anger that I'm expressing is the accumulation of like many bits of anger that have been building up inside of me and so I've probably been like super short with people and super kind of just like huh, like mm. blunt to the point where like potentially that would that would not have been the best way of engaging them if I wanted to like change their minds. But I think it's also healthy to acknowledge the fact that you are not the one person who is going to change that person's mind. Like it's it's such a I think that everyone's made to think that that like everything obviously you do has consequences. But it's like you are the one person who's going to change this person's mind. And if you don't, then it's a failure. If you do, it's a big success story. When actually that person's going to have multiple interactions with people with various different points of view. And it's often when people change their mind about things, it's not this one moment when they're like oh eureka i found it (laughs) it's because they're like oh this one thing prompted me to think more about it and this other thing prompted me to be more open Mm. about it and then i slowly started to do that and then i had someone who came into my work who i worked with as a workmate who changed my mind about this particular person because i got to know them as a person but i maybe wouldn't have given them a chance if it wasn't for that post that i saw with someone i respected who commented like it's such a web like this web of yeah yeah so Mm. it's like i I, I do think that there are some people who can be dicks because they're like at the end of their tether with oppression, for example, like being queer and having people question them or do stuff. But I don't necessarily think that one person kind of mm. just getting to the end of their tether can be that problematic. I think it's when you have waves of people in like on either side of an issue who kind of become this coordinated attack onto one person or onto one group of people that it's like, what is that? What is that helping? And it might be that the answer is just like us. It's helping us like unleash our anger and just like get stuff out there and not and just say what we actually think and not be beholden to the idea that we have to be calm and polite all the time about injustice um, and that we don't actually care about changing people's minds. And that's fair enough. But I do think that there's something like to me in the way that I function more positive about and more fruitful in attempting to show people alternatives rather than just being angry with them for mm. thinking a particular way especially because i have a lot of friends yourself included it turns out who when they were younger did have very particular ideas about queer people mm. um and a lot of them for religious reasons or for very like living in a particularly conservative area and if if i had just written them off because the first time i met them that's how they said that they thought about things then i though that's how they would always think about things because mm. no one had said to them hey, maybe there's this other alternative point of view or, oh, I'm queer, is that how you think about me? Or, like, addressed it in a more... Yeah, like, posing an extra question. Yeah. Mm. Um, That's... that Because I've I've had multiple... um, I think that there's this whole thing on, like, this rhetoric online of, like, oh, you don't want to engage in... You're not going to engage in discourse with us. You're not going to have a discussion with us. And it's like, well, there's more than one way to have a discussion. And having yeah, a discussion you're not with like basically anonymous like, people online is not the only way to have a discussion. You're not Theresa May not turning up to like a leadership debate. Yeah. Like you're not, you're, yeah. 
you so don't always have to turn up to everything to exactly and I like mm. I've had many conversations with people in public including with strangers so when I was in um <laughs> Las Vegas at a convention which ironically was a, a a convention for queer women um there was a random guy in Chipotle who was like oh what are you what are you doing in Vegas like being typical friendly American man mm. and I was like oh I'm at this convention he's like oh is it the so-and-so convention like the dentist convention and I'm like no not quite <laughs> um and told him and then proceeded to spend an hour talking to this man who had he was like the kind of guy who was just on the cusp of like some stuff he was very progressive about but some stuff he didn't quite get and, and some a lot of stuff he was just looking for like validation about like I think this am I right mm. and sometimes you were like yeah yeah and sometimes you were like ah some people don't necessarily think that way and I think a lot of those people on the borderline are the kind of people who the other way around would be the kind of people who say I don't see race Mm. like because they know in their hearts that they don't like they're like I'm not racist Mm. and so that comes out as that thing and then it takes that extra step further to be like okay I need to critically examine what I'm how I'm thinking about this and delve Mm. deeper into it um and I think on the queer side of things you get people who are like you know oh I like gay people I'm just like you know I don't like People who are like too in, in, in the fa- too in your face, you know what I mean? Or like, I like queer people. I think that like it would be really great when we get to a time when no one has to come out. Where you know, when nobody, which is basically the, the version of like being colorblind, right? It's like mm. no one would ever have to come out. Like we wouldn't even talk about sexuality. And then I'm like, well, I mean, I probably still want to. Like it, it still <laughs> would be a part of me. We can just be like, oh no, shush, 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 shush. Yeah. Um, so it was it like those are kind of discussions that I do have, but like that's because I could see it would be a productive discussion to have with that person, whether mm. or not he at the end of it was like hallelujah, I've changed my mind, whether it was just a thing that he thought back on and was like, oh yeah, yeah actually that I remember you, someone said that something similar to me when I talked to them that one time in Vegas. Like mm. it would be something that was productive. Whereas if those same people had come up to me in a Chipotle and been like fuck you, you dyke bitch. Like, wh- like mm. I'm not going to be like, oh, let us enter into a amicable discussion. Um, I'm definitely... Like, let me just buy you a burger. P- productive <laughs> half an hour with you. Let's settle this over a pound of fries. <laughs> like, that's just not... That's not mm. how it works. And so there's no reason why that should be how it works online either. Yeah, Like, there's definitely. no reason why people who engage in that kind of way should be... But there's also no obligation. Like, I was under no obligation to stay with that dude for an hour in Chipotle. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I could just have easily, if he could have been like, oh, that sounds really interesting. And I could have been, which I probably should have been like, oh, thanks, but I need to go now because I actually mm. have a panel to prepare for. <laughs> um, but instead, I was like, oh, what if I just talk to this man for an hour? Um, and that would have been completely fine as well. Like, it's... Yeah. It, it's. I think it's just one of those things that isn't a one-size-fits-all. And there's mm. always going to be someone else who thinks that your time could be more productively spent dealing mm. with dicks in a particular way online. Yeah. And dealing with dicks in a particular way in life. And isn't that just what homophobia <laughs> is about? Like, uh, <laughs> like, yeah. Do you think that um, when somebody says something to you, like online, because obviously you have a platform where people are probably watching your at replies as mm-hmm. well as just your own content on Twitter, say, um, do you feel like you have a responsibility to reply to the dicks? Or are you like... Would you rather, you know, and, and when you reply, like, if you ever had a problem where it's like, are you replying on behalf of you or the people that are, that are, that are being slighted? So say if somebody tweeted you something that was transphobic, mm-hmm. would you feel the need to reply because you were sticking up for that group? Or would you reply because you were, like, trying to help that person? You know, it's hard, isn't it? It's like... This is like giving literally a just to happened voices. to me. Yeah, okay. Like, so, I, so like, <laughs> I, I have a friend who's currently um, getting a lot of trash for her particular identity mm-hmm. and I've had to be like um I, I see that your mentions are a mess um <laughs> but I would like to school these people uh do you have any like shall I un 
like tag you on Twitter, like shall I unat you? Yeah. Uh, so I'm just replying to them. Uh, just to get to know, because I'm like, some people mm. be very much like, I want to see people sticking up for me. I want to like keep mm. the at in there so I can like follow along. Mm-hmm. And then some people are like, no, I don't want any of that in my notifications. Mm. Like you go fight the battle and then I'll just like go into your mentions and like, <laughs> yeah, like how it I'll went. read the summary. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll just like read the cliff notes afterwards. <laughs> um, and for that, I think it's, so like for that, it was very much like, I'm going to go in there and like defend my friend because it's part of our identity. I, it's, um, essentially people who have very strict ideas about like what particular queer language means so like what queer means what femme means what butch means and who can use those terms Mm. and i'm like basically like show me the receipts like show me the evidence that this is exactly how this term can be used and exclusively how exclusively how it can be used and what the like history of it is if you're saying that this is something that's exclusive to this one group sure show me the evidence and like Mm. No one can because it doesn't exist. Um, because Pull out like their invisible because, wallet like, of receipts. Because queer words and queer slang is like so nebulous and it's so and it's like there are like so little records of it and it's been changed so much and no one like knows any of the origins and it's just such a weird like with mm. much of queer history it's just so kind of like Bleh. so I find like policing of that language and policing of that history like a really strange thing where it's like mm. a lot of infighting because people are trying to preserve their identity within this like wider group of LGBT people which is why like being a dick within the LGBT community is also a big thing mm. and I think it's one of those things that like when when bad things are happening within a minority community it becomes really weird because you're like we want to discuss this and like resolve it but we don't want it to look to like the outside world like we're having this massive infighting and like we're just this bunch of people who can't like can't get along decide on what and, like, their message you know, is. They don't know what they're doing and like <laughs> the guys you need to sell you know, your what, brand. <laughs> yeah, it's like what well, what are we meant to do? And but at the same time, if we don't kind of acknowledge it, mm. then it becomes dangerous for people in the group. So like domestic violence is a big part of this. I think that acknowledging queer domestic violence is really difficult because of multiple reasons. One, because it potentially goes against the very heteronormative idea of like men are the abusers towards women exclusively. Because then it's like okay, well can can lesbians never have domestic abuse in their relationships? Mm. Can we have like gay men who cannot because they wouldn't abuse another man because because the man cannot be abused and therefore that mm. won't work either. And so, but at this and then at the same time you have the idea of like our relationships aren't legitimate. So we've got gay marriage and things like that have only just become legitimized by the state and and, and even after they were legitimized by the state, I think a lot of people still and still don't see them as legitimate. And so if we like give to the world this idea, it's like please you think we're not legitimate also we have these troubles too <laughs> just like, t- like we're please not take it all less, on less legitimate even more less legitimate because because we hit each yeah. other and we emotionally abuse each other and i think that there's always that worry of like no one will be like oh yes of course like all types of relationships yeah, that can happen you don't want anything instead be... they'd be like gay people like have this much abuse in their relationships and like it would be mm. become a thing um, and so I think things like transphobia within the LGBT community doesn't get talked about enough because it would be this trump card, I think, of like... See? They're crazy. See, the gays do it too. And like... They're eating the themselves alive. It, yeah, it would just become this huge mm. drama. So like, I always... I think that there's like two kinds of hate that like queer people get online. Mm. And one of it is like within and one of them's one of it's without the community. It's kind of like, you know, mm. the people who are doing it because they are just homophobic or transphobic and that's how it goes. Yeah. But then you also have this homophobia or transphobia or biphobia that comes from within the community, which a lot of it is it's a big mix. So some of it is about people trying to assert their own identities. Mm. So there's a lot of like this kind of this weird rise in TERFs which is happening, mm. which is from I've read a lot of stuff about it in terms of people who have who have tracked the growth of like 
turfs which what for the turfs? okay i was gonna say i was like I <laughs> please explain do this. for for the podcast slash felina um turfs are trans exclusionary radical feminists i did not know that cool. genuinely so that's 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 the term but what essentially it means is um feminists who do not believe that trans women are women okay um that's the technical term, but there's like a lot of associations mm. that people have towards TERFs. So I think there's this kind of association that they might also be the kind of people who might be political lesbians. Mm. So like not actually lesbians, but they'll call themselves lesbians because they're like, I'm going to choose to not love men because men are like so like, yeah, so like so anti-men, like, I'm going to like become a lesbian. Um, like binary like lesbians where it's like I'm just rejecting the other so I'm going to have you instead. Like Basically, but also like the idea of like I can just choose this is what I'm going to choose because I won't give men the power over me to have sex with me. Like all this, it's very, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah Lena's face shows how weird she finds that. <laughs> um, but it's one of those things that like, yeah, delegitimizes because it's like the women's rights movement. But now we have this weird infight thing where it's like, okay, you're saying you're lesbians, but you're not really. And that becomes a really weird performative. Like, yeah. And, yeah. and like that, and that's happening during like the seventies, eighties when you're looking at like performative gender and what does gender mean? And then mm. that becomes really weird. Um, but I kind of like had, had hopes that the turfs had died out. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was just like <laughs> occasional turfs would pop up and, and, People are probably most likely to know them from um, being banned from universities. Mm. Um, a lot of TERFs have been banned from universities because a lot of universities' unions are run by people who are reasonably left-wing and mm. kind of progressive in that way who are like, these people have very, very outdated views and why should we give them a platform to mm. spread those views that actually can be super dangerous for a group of people who aren't legitimised at all to be like, we endorse this speaker who comes and tells us that they are all like mad and don't mm. understand who they are and are damaging themselves and all this kind of stuff. Um, and they're like abusing children by allowing them to stop their puberty um, or to halt their puberty until they are older mm. and know which kind of puberty they want to go through, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so we've had this weird rise in TERFs where what the theory is is that older women who have kind of hold, held this view for a long time have become kind of like spokespeople for lesbians mm. and for like feminists and stuff and so we have a lot of younger um feminists and lesbians who are coming in who are like teenagers who don't really they're kind of like i don't i don't learn anything about my history or my people in schools i don't learn it anywhere else i'm kind of having to learn it from social media mm. and so these women can put this stuff out being like i am a lesbian i am blah blah and this is what is the truth? Yeah, and like so I'm a lot of these young, lesbian. yeah, exactly. And a lot of these people are like, I am a lesbian, and you are the grandmother lesbian, and therefore I must believe what you believe, and this makes total sense. And it becomes like this really weird, toxic environment where you just have a load of young people who don't know their history and don't know what's kind of what's going on. Because why should they if they haven't mm. been given the information? And so they start to have these beliefs that kind of had died out. Like they were, it was yeah. like this is so ridiculous now. Like we, mm. we, we include. We're like intersectional feminism had taken over and it was very much looking at trans mm. women as being women looking at black women at muslim women at disabled women at poor women at fat women like all everyone being women and that all of them have their own unique challenges and and ways in which multiple ones of those identities intersect with each other as well mm. to be like a fat black muslim woman what does that mean and then suddenly we're kind of doing this weird reverting back and that's happening like within the community mm. so i think it's like a lot of the stuff we talk about is hate that comes from outside that's mm. like imposed on but it's like just as difficult to be like okay how do I approach this like teenage lesbian who's saying some really messed up mm. stuff but like 
has no idea why they're saying it almost just because they they saw it online once and yeah they were like that must be yeah. true but that's the nature of being an adolescent i suppose isn't it it's like you in, in the same way that you learn to speak by repeating what your parents mm-hmm. say like word by word when you're learning what your ideas are you repeat other people's ideas and that's what's because i think as well like when i was just um one of the questions that i wanted to ask later but i'll ask it now because okay, i think it relates it. um so um with um this way of engaging people online that means that you, th- what you're talking about can't be contained you you, you realize after a little bit of reading about queerness that it can't be contained to queerness mm-hmm. it, it it leaks into domestic abuse it leaks into general feminism it leaks into other things and you can't categorize it um there has been some criticisms on like say my videos where people are like i don't feel it as somebody who's right wing i don't feel included in this conversation i don't find these places for me to talk about what you're talking about because i have right-wing beliefs and it's like that thing of like when is somebody being a dick and when is somebody being right-wing and is being right-wing inherently being a dick (laughs) which is my instinct always um like do you think there's spaces to like not try to dissuade people to be right-wing but just but persuade them to be like an ally for queer people is that is that possible is that (laughs) Does that make you uncomfortable? So I think that, like, my general rule about this... Because I get... The thing that annoys me more than anything is that I have... There's, like, two or three people who may be the same person who, in my comment sections, always post about why have you deleted my... Why have you deleted all these comments from people Mm. who disagree with you? Which I haven't done. Right. And it's so frustrating. (laughs) It's like Mandela effect Because I'm like, I can't prove that I haven't deleted them. But I wouldn't delete comments just because people disagreed with me that's Mm. not why i delete comments my policy for deleting comments now and for a really long time i was like i felt so weird about deleting any of them and it really messed with me and it became this thing that i really obsessed with and then i was like do you know what i have to think about it as if the online world was like real life as it were in what situation would i be in in which this would be equivalent and I'm like, actually, my channel is a small thing in, in a much larger thing. So I'm going to think about it as being my house. And I'm going to think about it as being um, a, a workplace that I might have worked publicly. So I worked at Tesco. So I'm like, me working at Tesco. Mm. And the way I have to think about it is, if someone came into Tesco and said what you have just said to me, would the manager throw you out and ban you from the store? <laughs> and if they would, you're blocked from my channel. Yeah, That's it. That's all it is. So if you come in and you're like this was really fucking stupid, like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, if you came into a Tesco and came up to me on the checkouts and were like, oh, you fucking stupid, the manager would be like, out, bar. Yeah, because you saw, yeah. And no one would be like, hey, freedom of speech. You can, she can, he can talk to that <laughs> checkout girl however he wants. It's freedom of speech, mate. He's just saying his opinion. Like, no one would say that because it's ridiculous because you just screwed yeah. obscenities at some checkout girl. But if somebody was to approach you and go, I see the way you're operating your till system and I have come from a different belief and I think you should operate your till system in this way. You wouldn't chuck them out for saying no. Like that, no one, no one like, would chuck them. I'd be like, I'd like to enough. buy this weird kind of bread, and you'd be like, well, sir, I don't know how, this, how long this analogy. <laughs> but you, but like, yeah, yeah, no, you wouldn't chuck them out. I might, but like at the same time, I have the option to not engage with you. I have mm. the option to engage with the next customer who's come along, who's trying to have a productive time, like buying their stuff or asking yeah. a question of me. I don't. Ha- I'm not beholden to just sit or you there can be like, and like listen to you talk. And that's where that's where I think the home analogy works because that implies that I am like. I'm I'm employed in the in the act of like listening to you. 
mm. like my job so like you have to kind of put up with a lot of stuff when you work in retail right mm. it's like so I but so there are probably some jobs where I would have just have to smile and nod at whatever random mm. person came to me because I'm being paid for it mm. um by a larger and company that has brand. these policies mm. whereas the brand is me so I get to decide what the random policies are so that becomes more <laughs> like my house I'm like at that point I'm like okay if someone came into my house and just started saying things to me and I'm like I never asked for your opinion on this I'm mm. like you can say those things to me but I'm I reserve the right to like shut my window and mm. not listen and that's that's like you're still saying those things it's still free speech you can still say those things you can still say this like shout it in the street you can still go to people knock on other people's doors and yeah, say you're not gonna you can go to your own it. house and talk about it I don't care I just don't sometimes I just don't want to have to listen mm. or engage with like what you are what you're ranting mm. about and that doesn't mean that i'm closed off to other people's points of view because mm. it might it like because i'm constantly engaging with people who disagree with me in mm. in real life like that's something that i have all the time that's just like, like rowan's that's life just, that's that's like everyone's lives mm. right it's like you live in a you you make the people that you're good friends with often you won't disagree on a lot of stuff because the way that socialization works is that you filter out people gradually based on the so immediate things is like vicinity, location, stuff like that, because you have to actually mm -hmm. be able to find them. That's obviously growing because of the internet. Then it's like the next level, like it kind of goes steps and steps to the people that you're going to become closest to. And a lot of that will be about very important core beliefs that you hold within you where you're like, this is a deal breaker to me. Mm -hmm. This is a thing that I'm like, actually, in order for me to see you as someone that I can invest my time and my love and my energy into, we can't disagree on this. Mm. And for me, that is like, you know, seeing people as human beings mm. who aren't deserving of less rights or less respect just because of the way that they were born. Like that for me is a deal breaker that I might be able to invest in you as someone who's like a friend of a friend where we meet at that person's house or at parties and I'll have a discussion with you. And like that often happens at parties where you're mm. the two people in the room who disagree the most will end up like having to potentially slightly alcohol fueled chat for like seven hours like all throughout the night <laughs> and you'll and find go, them in the back together yeah like, exactly ah. because because it is like okay we're not like super friends we don't have to worry about upsetting each other or anything like that mm. we have very different views and that happens a lot but you generally wherever you are tend to surround yourself with people who match up to like the fundamental tenets you might disagree mm. on little things mm. and it might be that actually there's some things that I, I wouldn't necessarily care which political party someone voted for mm. um Whereas there are some people that were like, if you didn't vote Labour, then because I, I have such strong yeah. feelings about what Labour stands for, mm. or if you don't believe in what Labour stands for, yeah. what I think Labour stands for, mm. then I don't understand how I can yeah. be friends with you because inherently you must think something different and that's a deal breaker mm. for me. And there'd be, there, there's people on like any, like those are kind of examples from like the left side of things. Mm. But there will be people that are like, if you don't, if you believe that... Um, that we should have this kind genders, of yeah exactly then I can't, then I can't yeah exactly because yeah. it's because because it's you're just you make no sense to me it's it's the dialogue that we would have would like mm -hmm. we're so running on parallel tracks we just can't have a dialogue together mm. and therefore it's like not necessarily that person's like job or role to change your mind or for you to engage with that person and have to sit through something you don't mm. necessarily agree with because there's so much information out there I think that if people still believe that it's like what is going to change their minds mm. in, on either side and I think maybe that comes down to like what people are exposed to or how that works but like that's that's the reality of like and it always has been that people exist in these spheres of influence that they have and the way they've been brought up changes how they interact with media and with sources and with critical engagement 
in all sorts of ways and their inherent biases that they kind of grow up with that stick with them are the things that maybe block out some information mm. so like when you're this is like a weird analogy but when you're looking at your horoscope I'm someone who doesn't believe in horoscopes but I think that they can do a lot of good in that um when you read your horoscope or you get your cards read or anything like that I think you sort of subconsciously can block out the things that don't really apply to you mm. and then you heighten the things that really apply to you and for some people that's like oh my gosh this is me like amazing and for me it's more like okay I've I get now, this is the thing that I've chosen to focus on, I've subconsciously focused on, this is the thing that's important that I have to think mm. about, because this was clearly in my mind. I was clearly worried about a relationship with a friend, because I've I've ignored the bit about new money opportunities, because that's nothing to do with it, but that thing where they said, like, mm. spend time this with your loved ones, oh, me. okay, this is mm. what's gone, done there. Mm. And I think that that's... Those unconscious things that you can ignore, you can look at a source and you can be like, okay, I can kind of ignore that thing that they said at the beginning, but I'm going to focus on this thing over Mm. here. And everyone kind of does that because they filter information and that kind of thing. And I think that that's, it's one of those things that's really tough because you want to be able to say, actually, we can save everyone. Everyone can believe what we think is the right thing to believe, whatever side we're on. Like everyone, this is because we're the side of logic and we're the side of like truth Mm. and rationality and like we are what actually is real and everyone else can be brought onto this side because this is what is real but there's just so many reasons why people don't believe it other than just they're a dick like there's so, <laughs> yeah, like you know what I mean like there's so many to, you are a dick yeah has like, there anybody you've been who's engaged with you online properly as somebody who has the beliefs of a dick but you think they've done it respectfully or like and if they ever changed your mind there have been there has been some people there have been some people who have commented where i'm like your way of commenting on this just has such like you were so close and then you just (laughs) if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about juvederm lip fillers with juvederm volbella xc and juvederm ultra xc your lip look whether it's subtle or bold can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at juvederm.com today that's j-u-v-e-d-e-r-m.com add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with juvederm volbella xc or juvederm ultra xc do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's a lot of people who are like, who say things like, oh, I really liked what you said. Like, this was a really interesting video. You make some really good points. You know, like those other feminists. And I'm like, mm, mm, you're like okay, that's, the, that's yeah. the weird one. Because I'm like, what other people have you been listening to? Because I feel like I make very similar content um, to most of the other, mm. <laughs> most of the other gang, the other yeah. Gang that's like a, that's more of like a coercion tactic, isn't it? Where it's like you're amazing, and all of your sisters and brothers can go and die, but <laughs> you are the saved one. I will raise you from your <laughs> humble beginning. But it was it's it's just one of those things where it's kind of like you know, people who are. It's the same thing as like you know you're very pretty for a gay girl and you're like oh, okay mate thanks and I'm but I'm like I'm sure yeah. your heart's in the right place and you're trying to like mm. you don't but because you don't get the whole like community and aspect of that and that's kind of like mm. not necessarily a legitimate identity to you you don't think about the impact of because you're you're mm. like okay being gay isn't that important or that interesting or that good so actually me saying that you don't seem that gay it's making you feel better it's the same as like you don't gay. talk like a black woman or like you know what i mean like yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't look disabled like it's a very like yeah. that kind of thing yeah like, like where i'm like i know you're trying to like you're trying but you're just yeah. swinging a miss yeah yeah it's like kindness isn't enough you're doing yeah. so um so one of my questions that kind of relates to that is um oh yeah so as a creator mm-hmm. is it possible to have companies be a dick to you online and like how you know you can give some examples if you want <laughs> um but also just like that navigating that space where you're not talking to a person you're talking to a company and they have an unwritten slash written but invisible to you like set of beliefs that you can't change and how do you go about like reacting to that what an what a leading question Nina. Yeah. um <laughs> So, yeah, so I'll talk about the restricted mode, YouTube's restricted mode. Um, so this is something that, like, is really frustrating to me. And I've said this mm. before in interviews and stuff, because I know so many people within YouTube who this is, like, completely against everything that they are working to do within the company. Mm. This is completely against everything they think. YouTube's very gay. I'm going to mm. just point to put it out there right now. Yeah. Like, everyone who works at YouTube Space London is gay pretty much. Like smarter if It's like, works. that's how it works. You're more <laughs> in tune fair. with the internet. Um, but Can it, you give a backstory as to what the YouTube So essentially, um, what happened was, this is something that, that apparently has been around for years and years and no one's really noticed it. There is um, a mode that you can enable on YouTube. You click a little toggle um, and it pulls up restricted mode. And restricted mode... There were like a couple of different places in which it was mentioned. So down at the bottom where you could toggle it, it gave a brief description, and then there was a description on YouTube's help page. And but essentially, it was for like families and children. It was like the idea was you can toggle this, and you your toddler won't accidentally see someone like get run get, over by get train. run over by a train. Mm. Um, and I, which which seems like a great idea. It's like actually like there's <laughs> I'm a all for that. Yeah, it's like you 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 no child trauma. <laughs> you used to be able to just like put your kid in front of the TV at like um two thirty and know that like for the next two hours there would be kids cartoons on and there wouldn't be like an advert for knives. Like mm. do you know what I mean? Like that was something you could do. And then gradually as you got the children's channels that came out on like satellite and sky and stuff, you could just be like, okay, I know that if I leave my child for screen time for an hour, they're just gonna watch Dora the Explorer and they're not gonna watch Rambo. Um. But now you've got like tablets and laptops and phones and things that you give to a kid to do screen time with. If you're doing YouTube videos, 
if you just autoplay videos, it can start off like, okay, these are relevant. And then slowly it just ascends into like weird <laughs> YouTube. And it's like, you don't, like that isn't necessarily a safe thing to do. Yeah. So hypothetically, that seems like a great thing. Um, yeah. Except for the fact that it turns out the YouTube restricted mode was removing um, completely child-friendly content that had things to do with LGBT people. Mm. Um, so content that was absolutely... There was nothing explicit in it at all. Actually, some a lot of videos got removed from a couple of channels that were explicitly made for children. Some of them made right. for children as young as toddlers to understand gay people and gender and stuff like that. So with like cute puppets and songs and like everything was lovely. Those had videos removed when you went when you looked on it at restricted mode. And so um, I found this out through Twitter. Actually, it's like a lot of people are like she she was the original one who discovered it and i was like mm, no i'm not that smart like come on now um there were a lot of people who were talking about it i was in new york at the time and i was like about to i wasn't meant to be packing to go back on the plane to england but then i had a craving for mac and cheese so i went to um how all great stories start yeah i like went and got some really good <laughs> mac and for cheese carbs. but i was like on the i was on the way there on the on the bus um and i and I was like so nearly there and then all this stuff started happening on Twitter and I didn't have anything with me because I was just like, I'm just going to get mac and cheese. I'm so free. <laughs> um, and I was like, I need a, I need a notebook. I need to write stuff down. I need to visualise what is happening mm. here. Because um, these more and more people started to be like, wait, my videos too. And then people were saying to their, you know, subscribers or followers, um, can someone check for me? Like I'm on mobile. I, I can't work out how to do it. And people are coming back being like screenshots. Here is your channel with and here is your channel without restricted mode. And some people, their entire channel disappeared. It disappeared from search engines. They didn't have any videos up, um, and it was just ridiculous. Like it was, it was such a weird, seemingly so weird because it was just the kind of thing that we, I think most of us didn't expect from YouTube because they had been so supportive of LGBT people in the past in terms of doing, do, doing like proud to be and all of these kind of elements. And so it was something that we, I think, that a lot of us were just like, this would never happen algorithmically or within the makeup of YouTube or within its algorithm. So I very quickly like run to a bookstore, get a notepad. There's um, a recording on my phone actually, which is like me walking, pretending I'm on the phone to someone and filming a voice memo, um, like recording a voice memo um, because I was like, I, I'm going to forget what the fuck I'm talking about. And so it's just me like panting because I'm like, like speed walking to this bookstore to try and get a notebook so that I, because I know that I'm going to have to fly back and I'm very slowly realising that I'm about <laughs> to film a video and edit a video and post a video before I leave for my flight that's mm. in like an hour. So I'm just like, and, the, and this, and this, and everyone's walking past and I'm like, I'm just having a very weird conversation with no one on this phone. <laughs> why won't she let her speak what on the other end of the phone? I know, right? Like, and part of me was like, these pauses will just be like the other person speaking. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it's a like plan. it was just ridiculous. So I uploaded this video, essentially like talking about what had what we knew so far, but also talking a little bit about the legacy of it, um, or the the how it is part of a legacy of like sexualizing LGBT people. Mm. Um, and then I landed, and then there were a lot of like requests for interviews. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like I got like, off the plane, and it was just like, was like we got off the plane, and I things like, have blown what's up. Happening? Um, so yeah, it was very bizarre, but then there was like a lot of, a lot of comments on there that were like, you know, good, good riddance, like would never want to see my child. Like I'm supporting gay people, wow, but I don't wow. want my child to see this. And those people don't mm. think that they're like being dicks. I don't think they're hating. They're like, this is totally logical. Like mm. I'm a nice person. I don't hate gay people. Mm. Like my brother got married to his husband last year. We went to the ceremony, but like, assumedly they didn't take their kids with them to the ceremony. Like, do you yeah. know, it was very much like a... 
Yeah, well, obviously, like, but like obviously, kids I'll let can't you see have your people. lifestyle, but I consider it X-rated. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, and that's something that has been like, that's a constant thing. Like mm. that's always been there. Like from the very beginning, when you're looking at like what words are used to describe the queer community, it's all about sex. Mm. It's all about what kind of sex they're having, how the sex works, because that is like the thing that the only thing that's mm. different, right? Because yeah. gay people like. In it fundamentally society has changed that and so queer mm. people have different experiences outside of just re- sex but if people were treated equally within society the difference would for a lot of people is just like it's just how they have sex which is kind of also ridiculous because mm. like pretty much anything you can do as a gay couple you can do as a straight couple mm. so you're like okay mm. um but it's that because otherwise you have to admit that they were like just like you mm. and that actually the sex was probably similar to some of the sex you were having and that if that didn't divide you, then what did divide you? Mm. Oh, God. And so everything had to be that it was, like, perverted and weird and, like, sexually yeah, deviant. Yeah, yeah. And that was how it worked. And, like, then you go through and you have, like, Anita Bryant, who is um, an American... Uh, basically an American religious leader who um, protested the um, the hiring of gay people as teachers. Mm. Um, and so, so she's super famous for, like, sort of opposing Harvey Milk in San Francisco. Um, and being this voice of, or at least being being this kind of like voice around the nation that was like directly opposed to this rise of like mm. a gay man in power, um, and the movement of like coming out of like mass coming out was it basically as a way of saying like you, th- she's saying this and she's getting away with it because you think that there aren't any gay teachers and there'll just be like this one gay teacher that we can rat out, but actually if we come out, we're everywhere. Mm. Like, we are your doctor that looks after you and your family. We yeah. are your teachers who teach your kids. We're like, like, don't mean to alarm you, like, we're literally, would be we like, the, it's one of those, it's one of those, like, terrible lines from a sci-fi movie where it's like, like, this isn't an invasion, they're already here. Like, <laughs> they've been here for years, infiltrating our society. This is, a, yeah. this has already happened. Like, this again, is a resistance. This is like an example of, like a queer conversation not just being a queer conversation so it also turns into a conversation about who gets the chance to make choices about your children Mm -hmm. is it companies and the government or is it you and then how how you know because at the end of the day like youtube is a free tool that people can have access to but they're not forced to have access to it's Mm -hmm. not part of like their state kind of education that they get provided so it's like how do you explain to people that they're not entitled to shut out your content i don't know but equally like, you could say i'm not entitled to show my content yeah do you know what i mean yeah, yeah and i think like this for me wouldn't be i mean it would still be an issue because i'd be like you're a terrible parent mm. but um it wouldn't be an issue if we had like comprehensive education within schools which mm. covered this and covered it well mm. Um, that wasn't just like a very special lesson like that you take when you're 16 and it's like this, like, it's crazy. this is gay people we've yeah. brought a gay person in to talk to you yeah. or something awkward or like I, I had the experience of like I went to a Church of England school so basically we had sex ed scheduled but the people who were scheduled to teach us sex ed didn't believe in, in gay sex so like we had to get one of the teachers that did believe in gay sex to come and teach that one who was ironically part of the Jesus army and probably one of the most extreme Christians in the school but That's... was like I'm okay with gayness let's talk about the it. fact that you and like even had a lesson like that because we didn't yeah. have a lesson like that and i didn't go to like a religious mm. school like we, we just had didn't one have of those like tour. christian ethos ones 
didn't didn't never talks about gay people in in class except for Vietnam. one lesson where at GCSE where we were talking about the Holocaust and there was like one sentence that was like also gay men <laughs> also they killed all the gay also men also they killed also gay men <laughs> um, but that was just like kind of like a little afterthought mm-hmm. um, and then uh, English A level because we did. Um, Orange, orange, orange is the new black. That's, that's not the right one. Orange is very not similar. the new fruit. Um, orange <laughs> is not the only fruit. Um, that was really frustrating for me to read because I hated it so much. And it was like the first piece of like queer female mm. literature I'd ever read. And I hated it. And I was like, oh God, I've like never found anything that like represented mm. me. And I really, I was like so excited because I was like, all of these people have these characters that they can kind of relate to. And I never had that. And I was like, oh fuck, this is going to be it. And then I was like, oh. You're like, no, it's like the well of loneliness. I hate this book so much. Um, It's like, yeah. Yeah, no, it was, so it was, it was, um, Mm. yeah. And if we had teaching in schools where it was like, this isn't just going to be the very special Mm. time, like this is going to be implemented or it was, isn't just going to be like the anti-bullying class, but not being mean to gay kids. Mm. It's like, it has to be everywhere. It has to be in the anti-bullying policy. Mm. has to be usualized. So it has to be something Mm. that you just casually mention. So while you're talking about San Francisco and you do the little fact sheet about the city and geography, because you're learning about fault lines and you learn how many people are there and you learn about how big it is. Just mention the fact that it's like the city in the USA that has the largest, um, uh, number of gay households mm. because that is well, that's one of the geography facts. that is a geography yeah. fact. do you know what I mean like it's, it's something that's just not and you it's don't like, like dwell geography. on it you're yeah. just like yeah this is this is kind of interesting and important and then you can be like mm. cause and effect do gay people cause earthquakes think about it um, <laughs> science tells us no um, although to be fair now I'm like wait do I now think that gay people cause the well, earth disasters like, <laughs> I'm like oh god maybe they had a point Maybe all those people who said we caused like it's tornadoes. I was like, oh, it's I totally mean, God's real. Probably smiting. That's probably what That's it is. That's how that works. I guarantee. <laughs> um, so I suppose the takeaway from that is that like companies go from being unfavorable to being dicks when they don't contextualize themselves in the society they're operating in. So like the 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 point of how bad the restrictive modes implications are is because children can't get it anywhere else, and that yeah. amplifies yeah, absolutely how bad yeah. it is rather than. It, you know, it's also just you know. and as well the response. I think that they've they've come good on their response afterwards, but their initial response was very much, and they like both their initial response online and also they called me in for a meeting, and I will happily say that I was like, no. I think mm. that they thought that they they had someone who wasn't from PR but had clearly been prepped by PR, who um, was saying a lot of lines that were in that initial statement that got released that was very much like mm. this is a mode which has existed for ages almost like why are you making a fuss it's been here for ages mm. um, and it's something which only affects a very small number of users mm. and um, it's basically like not even really no apology no like mm. we can look into it no nothing and they said the same thing to me they were like there's a very small number of users who use this and I'm like how the, how dare you? Basically, the, like the people who are children of people who would use restricted mode specifically to get out gay content are probably the people who specifically need it the most. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, impact. basically. But also, I'm yeah. like, it's un- I was like, I literally, I just was like looking this woman in the face, and I was like, how? And there's been a couple of situations in my life where I've like someone has blindsided me because they've said something that's just so ridiculous. And so many times in the past, I've literally just like been too shocked to say anything. I've just kind of let the conversation continue because I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> and a lot of it has been about about queer stuff. Whereas I literally was like, how dare you? And I, and she was like, oh shit! Like PR didn't prepare me for this <laughs> for the comebacks. Um, I, was I was like, not briefed. I was like, I was like, it is. If it was one child. 
that was being denied the access to, mm-hmm. to this, that will be too many. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, even if you're saying it's 1% of users, I'm sorry, how many users do you have? Mm-hmm. How many millions of users do you have? 1% of a million. Turns out it's more than just like, oh, it's one person somewhere there. Yeah, like- There's a significant amount of people who are using this. And this is being used. And from what we could tell from what they were saying was that this was also being used in schools or in institutions. Mm-hmm. So not only were these kids potentially not being able to access home, but they couldn't even go to school and try and find it, which is what everyone else, what we used to do when we were kids. Yeah. Was that we go to school. And the same thing happened, but it was, it was sanctioned by... Uh, schools mm. by so I remember when I was at school we tried to get onto the Stonewall website we tried to get onto like youth groups helplines mm. stuff to do with LGBT things and they were all blocked explicitly for lesbian and gay content and it said that on on the yeah, screen on the, yeah. so you knew it wasn't like one of those weird ones where it blocks a random website and you'll laugh about the fact that you can't do your homework because it's like blocked this website it explicitly said that was why it was blocked yeah. and so and that was one of the times I was totally blindsided was when it was like Oh, um, you know, does it uh, essentially like, oh, yeah, we can just have like a a password so the kids like over 16 can access it if they ask for the password, because obviously we can't allow any of the other, we can't allow any children younger than that to see it. And I was just like, (laughs) what, wait, what? The whole point is that like to ask for the password is You have to out yourself or you have to like put yourself in potential danger in order to like say I need the password to access this information to keep me safe. I'm like, this is not... Mm. I, I was literally just like, what is happening? It's the opposite of the answer. What is happening? Do, do, you, do you have any advice for people who might be listening who are from companies, maybe smaller, and are trying not to be a dick to you? So maybe like with sponsorships or like, you know, do you, do you have any like guidelines for people who are like, maybe don't try and sponsor me to be your gay person? <laughs> or like, you uh, know... Or, yeah. Mm? I mean, yeah, no, that that is... That's fair. Like, um... I think that there's like a there's gonna there's gonna be a difference between just being like, yes, we want to have the gay person who is going we're going to sponsor like being a if you, if you're talking about sponsorship so like mm. you have a gay YouTuber and it's like yes we have ticked the gay demographic, mm. um, that I think it's a fine line between that and then being like um, actually I've watched your channel and I know that you, the way that you come at queer issues is very educational or very humorous or very mm. whatever it might be we think that we could work together because of this reason that's that to me mm. is very different than just being like you're gay you're gay <laughs> we well, could like, totally do you this. are intelligent about talking about gay issues and you have the experience yeah. therefore we'd like to work with you i mean you can reach out but you're not probably not going to get anything like i've had a lot of people who've reached out to me who have basically just been like gay and i'm like i mean it's <laughs> very clear your, your product won't work for me because it just doesn't quite it's like it's very it would be like coming to me and being like can you talk about like gay adoption like how to adopt as a gay and i'm like but i'm not your demographic i don't have like, i don't speak to them unless you're wanting like kind of 18 to 24 mm. year old lesbians to be adopting mm. kids which see like sure but i feel like it's probably mm. not what you're going for mm. that's probably not going to help but it feels it but i think that's kind of that kind of thing is very similar to anyone who you approach for a sponsorship like it's it's that kind of you you just think about how you would want mm. to be treated and how you'd want that to happen. And actually, if you don't know, if you're like, if you are doing the stupid questions of Lena thing and you're like, mm. is it okay for me to... I love how that's a verb to, to now. It's like, you. a stupid question for the Lena them. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but do you know what I mean? Like, it's no, like, no, 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 I know. If you're not sure, then it's fine to ask. It's mm. fine to just approach as like, hey, I'm so-and-so and I work for this company. Um, we're really looking to include like as diverse a proper as possible representation in terms of who we work with for sponsorships um we really really like your channel and your content um 
and we think that there's something within the ethos of like our brand or and your brand that like might fit together either because you know you're running a campaign that's that's comedy based and this person has a comedy channel or you're some this person talks about um pop culture or film reviews and you have some new app that is to do with it like do you know what i mean mm. like something that actually works together and it's totally fine to then be like you know we understand the audience is specifically lgbt focused we're actually wondering if we could do something with the fact that our app has um uh like a, a section for lgbt films mm. and we thought actually it might be interesting like would that be something you're up to but we also totally understand if you might if you don't want to focus on on that specifically we have other options and that's, that's totally fine yeah, to be like be hey nice. like we understand that you have a totality of a person and we approached you because we like your content and because we saw that they're actually like this is a potential idea for a collaboration but we're kind Mm. of open either way yeah you tell us how you want us to interact with you because people are complex right like some people would jump on that and be like amazing oh my god there's a whole load of lgbt films i i really wanted to do a video about like a lack of representation it would it would fit so well to talk about the fact like you know i could bring you guys in by saying there's, there are places that you can find representation. Here is a whole curated section of the best LGBT films on this new app. Mm. That's that would actually be value added for the audience, etc. Or you might have someone that's like, at the kind of like, do you know what? Actually, I've done so many videos about being gay, and I just want to do something that's a bit different. I want to mm. focus more on like, I want to be able to expand out my film review business to be about mm. more than just gay films. I need to be talking about other representation, and you don't know that. And it's fine. It's fine mm. to not know the answer to those questions and not to. Because I think often what happens with that is that you feel so much pressure that you're like, oh, I'm just not going to ask yeah. them. I'm yeah. just, it's yeah, yeah. too much hassle to try and ask mm. this person. And I think a lot of people do do that when they're like picking, when they're picking people for this kind of stuff. It's like, it's much easier for me not to have mm. to do this representation, representation in case we get it wrong, in case we, you know... And for a long time that's been safe and I feel like that's changing now that people are calling attention to like all me- white male panels mm. or, you know, things that, stories that don't tell any kind yeah, of Yeah, it's actually story. more worthwhile them approaching you than not yeah, <laughs> in exactly. the long term. Exactly. Um, how do you feel about people um, online being allies or feeling like they're allies but maybe missing the mark? So, for example, one that I feel a bit weird about is um, the filters on Facebook where it's like a rainbow if mm-hmm. you're not gay um, but then it's kind of always that like um, speaking and not, not erasing that from your timeline or the way you mm-hmm. interact with the world and making sure you're not silent on those issues but then also when the way we use the internet so often is about our profile and our personal lives and who we are and it becomes a bit of a catalogue of like here's who I am I'm an ally does does that appropriate like how do you feel when people have like a rainbow filter on Facebook I think it's one of those, so like there's a really great um sketch from I think it's college humor um about trying to work out if he's gay or not which is about a guy who's just trying to work out if another guy's gay and they go through a load of stuff to oppose them one of the thing is like wait, he, he had a rainbow filter in his profile pic and it's like, oh, straight people are doing that all the time now. And it's what, like, it's, it's, I think it's one of those things that is the same as many other, many other things where it's like, I stand with this thing mm. where it's like, cool, but what did that do other than like signal to other people that you have decided this is the stance you've got? And if you're completely okay with that being all that you do, like you're the one that has to live with that. Whereas if you want to actually say, okay, so if I've, if I've said to the world that I am an ally, or if I've said to the world that I support this particular cause or fight or whatever, what am I actually 
doing other than changing my profile picture. Mm. And I think that, and sometimes that can be, sometimes that can be a big thing where actually you say, do you know what? Me changing my profile picture is a big deal because I am or I have friends with all of my family mm. on Facebook and uh, my family has a load of, all of the adults are super homophobic and they're kind of raising the kids in that way and I want to be a voice, I, I want to show them that they can come and talk to me. And I'm like, sweet, that's absolutely, that is something absolutely a thing that, and that, that like an actual true real ally would do mm. is to is and i th- and i think that that is completely an act of of allyship mm. it doesn't so have to be something door, that's really. like public and like display and they show it to everyone and all that stuff it can mm. just be someone who's like actually i start i can start small i can start with my family that i have an emotional and real connection to and start to build bridges across these generations um and st- or start to be a, a point of safe harbor for these kids who might need it mm. who are part of my family um and that, that pointing out I'm an ally is actually really powerful. And it's like, yeah, that's very much mm-hmm. fair enough. Like, my brother had a similar thing. Um, he went to a school where no one came out. I knew a lot of... He went to an all-boys school. I knew a lot of the boys in that year. And um, they would not come out until they knew they were never going back to the school. They didn't have to do resets or anything. And they'd all sort of come out the next week. Like, it was... Because they, like, they were like, I'm never going to come out of that school. And then my brother basically came in and was sort of like, my sister is a lesbian. So every time anyone did, like, anything... <laughs> Um, anytime, anytime anyone said anything that was like remotely um, homophobic or like any kind of um, like someone would say something that was sexist and they'd be like, you cannot say sexist things, you cannot say racist things. And he'd be like, oh, also you cannot say homophobic things um, because that was yeah. like, he was like, actually, this is a thing that I can do. And so he had a load, he had a, he had a good like half dozen kids come out to him at a school that had never had anyone else come out. And he was like, who, some he didn't even know would come up to him because he was so vocal about it and that can be really powerful and I think to not necessarily see it as being like a big display that you have to like prove yourself in these various ways I think that a lot of allyship is about like making space and about um both making space to kind of like clear the floor to be like this is a thing that you can talk about um and also making space in your life to think about it or to share things um because I think anything that's from the voices of that group and if there is like a a discussion within that particular marginalized group that you don't know what to think about or you're everyone seems to be arguing within that group about something then share multiple points of view mm. have it be a discussion don't have it be like i am the voice of authority on the gay issue here yeah, is me worry, sharing I've, the gay I've spoken to the gay, the gay community results. and here's their <laughs> this is the conclusion they've message. come to yeah. um and i think that that can come in many forms like i've talked about this on my channel a lot about like what ways you can get involved in causes you're interested in um, and it might be that it's like money raising or, or fundraising or something like that. It might be that you get involved in the capacity in which you work, or it might be that you get involved in terms of like policy. Mm. Um, and those are all things that you can do as an ally. You don't have to be gay to like do a sponsored something for like Stonewall, or mm. you know, you don't have to be gay to um, to utilize your job as a teacher in order to propose to your head that actually we should probably do some kind of PSHE PSHE lesson on this we could get a speaker in or we could do something like that or you know if you're a student at school like we had um I went back to my old school because we had some students who were LGBT allies very passionately who were like this is something that needs to happen in this school and got me back in um and that's something that can be like even just in the place where you are if you can start fostering that environment and empowering those people who are like future leaders and future you know future people who can have influence not in like the like digital influence away but just in terms of like being people who can speak out and be educated and like not necessarily in an educational institution way but just because they have that information you've empowered them with like other people's words and other people's experiences 
um, that can be just as powerful. I don't necessarily subscribe to the idea of like you're only an ally if you'll like come to the protest and like mm. march along with us because I think that that can be very powerful um, to have allies come to Pride and like support people and like get them there. But being physically present isn't the only way to like yeah be an ally basically. So it's more like you just have to check your own intention. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like, yeah, nobody knows apart exactly. from you why you're doing it. But yeah. Then there needs to be so uh, as well like facebook has just installed like an emoji so like so you can have like you can be you can feel happy about a post you can feel sad about a post you can be excited um you can be angry or you can be rainbow flag yep <laughs> that's that, a nice pride month that, yeah. situation but is is gay an emotion can you be can yes. you feel queer about it yeah i feel yeah definitely <laughs> it's do. like everything is like it's really funny so i've like done i I feel like I've never really lived, necessarily lived through a reclaiming mm. of something. Like, it's something that I definitely understand intellectually. And it wasn't until I found myself, like, anytime anything happened that I was, like, was, like, nauseatingly adorable or cute or, like, wonderful. Mm. And I'd just be like, gay. But I was like, oh, that's <laughs> what it is. Like, that that insult that everyone would say for something that was, like, gross or disgusting or perverted by literally being like, no, actually, what gay that's is. It's, like, gay. something that's, like wonderful and gross and I so like if I have two like friends who are heterosexual who are like have done something amazing for each other or they've like mm. you know surprised the other with something whatever I'll be like gay because I'm like actually yeah because gay is like oh, wholesome so and beautiful yeah. and lovely and just like sweet and all that kind of stuff and I didn't realize I'd done it until like a few months ago and I was like oh wow yeah that's and like so many gay people I know do the same thing yeah that's like something that's it's almost like a weird code between you because it because I have had friends who have done it before in front of straight people and they, who clearly didn't know they were gay and been like, you can't say that. And I'm like... <laughs> You're like, no, no, no. We've no, I, I, I feel like, yeah, we have to explain. <laughs> it's like, we've almost memed it now. I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> because it was such a big part of the childhood that it was it was something that like you couldn't almost... You couldn't even argue against because mm. it was just so nonsensical in the first place. You can't logically answer to, like, gay. <laughs> no, You're like, no, no I'm, I'm not a gay. <laughs> You're gay. What's happening? No, no, I'm bad. Well, I'm doing the bad thing. What's happening? Like, it's... Do you know what I mean? It's such a weird... Mm. I'm doing it I think that allyship is just such a I think it's just listening like it's so much listening um, mm. and not and then listening some more and then not and then listening some more <laughs> and then asking a question and listening to the answer and asking another question and then do, and then realising that that person is like done answering questions and then going over here and doing some research on the things that they said and then go, like do you know what I mean because there, there are people who are very much just like I've done answering questions mm. and then I'm one of those people that like it's never done answering you're like questions. I will answer all I the will questions I will answer all of the questions because it's mm. it's that kind of thing but there are because there are some times when you're like you could just google this but then you're mm. also like actually in the world of fake news can you though yeah like actually can you just google like how mm. do trans people have sex and yeah, without so, getting hit with something yeah, strange. Yeah, exactly. And that's but that's the thing where it's that's one of those things where it's like actually you also don't want to be asking yeah. the person. So it's not just about googling; it's about like googling well, mm. if that makes sense, and mm. looking at multiple sources and working out like what might be. So what might be an option mm. if you're like actually the questions I'm about to ask are super invasive. It's like, do I need to know this? Will it like actually matter? Is this? And if it is, if mm. it's like actually, there's a reason why you're asking it because you've been asked it by someone like at a school you're teaching at and you're like okay I'm gonna have to do a sex ed class and I've been asked this question I actually need to know it mm. ask instead about like what source of information are accurate yeah so don't specifically have to ask this Just one like, question how do you have gay sex it's like I've seen that people yeah. like this is here and this article's here where would you which which one makes more sense or even yeah. saying 
open like Twitter is a great tool because it is open to like Facebook is often more closed up because it's just your friends and family and stuff like that that you've already added into your circle whereas mm-hmm. on Twitter you can just be like okay I'm gonna open this up and say very honestly like I I teach this class or I have a member of my family or I have a friend mm-hmm. or whatever who who needs to answer this question that I don't want to ask people directly and, and kind of confront mm-hmm. them and make them answer to me but if anyone wants to volunteer that information I would be super grateful mm-hmm. and that like just just like deprioritizing yourself and like prioritizing the people around you who are part of that group who are needing to like give you information or support mm. or you know reassurance or anything yeah. like that um mm. and there will be some people who'll be very happy to talk all the time very openly i'm one of those people because i think it's i'm like so done with everything being secret and like mystified mm. and and people not having information whereas there are other people that are like actually it's exhausting to have to like justify myself all the time and so many of these questions are actually like have been experienced as microaggressions mm. like how do women even have sex together has been something that is constantly asked yeah. of me like since i was like since people assumed that i was gay when i was mm. so it was year eight that mm. i people started assuming I was gay because in a PSHE lesson, which is not about gay people, it's about something totally different, this woman came in and did an exercise where she was like, go to one side of the room if you think one thing and go to the other side of the room if you think the other thing. Mm. And one of the questions she asked was like, would you, like, would you stay friends with someone who said that they fancy someone of the same gender? And I was the only person in the entire class that said it will be fine. So everyone was like, bro, this is a lesbian. Um, <laughs> And so I was thinking, like, I was like, I'm being, outing oh, myself. Yeah, as an I was ally like, before yeah, it was very me. strange. And so I'm like 13 years old, but people in the school are like, she is definitely a lesbian. And so it's like getting asked about how lesbians have sex when you're like, you're like 12 or 13, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I got oh. nothing. So it's almost like people, if they're like, we should have like a battery bar. <laughs> We're like, how exhausted are you are by questions? Can you yeah. tell me? If on I a scale of just... one to ten, how exhausted are you? Please put it in your profile and then I will know. <laughs> You're like, I'm a five out of ten right now. <laughs> it's very, I mean like, but that's also where like, if you have a friend mm-hmm. who who's kind of like on the standing order of like, you can ask me a question by putting it in like Facebook Messenger mm. and I might not answer straight away because... I might just be too exhausted with questions, but I'll answer at some point. Yeah. It's not urgent, like, yeah, yeah sure, yeah. I th- I'll get around to it kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's very, it's one of those things that's very, a lot of stuff to do with LGBT people is, like, sex-related or body-related, especially trans people. Mm. And that, and, like, that curiosity or that need to know becomes, like, a lot more personal mm. um, because it is so explicit and inappropriate for you to have asked that question. Mm. Whereas I feel like there are other identities that maybe the questions would be a little bit more easy to handle in terms of looking at, like, um, questions you might ask the alternative to. So you wouldn't ask like an, a cis person like, so what your genitals look like then? Like mm. that would be weird. Mm. But I might ask um, someone who is Christian a question about like, oh, like, um, do, do you go to church like all the time or do you just go at Christmas? Mm. And then if I went to Muslim and was like, so if you're going to a mosque, do you all, like, does your family go all the time or do they just go occasionally? Mm. That wouldn't necessarily be an invasive question because yeah. it's like actually this is something that it doesn't have Mm. kind of like a weird privacy behind it but then there are some questions like that that you know absolutely nothing about that you're like actually maybe it is a really invasive question to ask someone how Mm. often they go there and actually maybe that is a question they've been asked before as a way of saying you're like you're not a real muslim if you don't go this many times yeah so So actually there's so much baggage that you don't necessarily know so say for something like so i i like if i just met you and i was like how did you come out that could be that's pretty invasive because you wouldn't ask like somebody 
I don't know. How did you reveal this big secret about yourself that yeah, nobody yeah, knew yeah. and that caused you a lot of stress? Or like, stress. how did you realise you were straight? Like, you wouldn't ask yeah. that. Or like, or like, what's your relationship like with your parents? Like, it's very... Yeah, if somebody yeah. asked me that, I'd be like, why do you want to know? Yeah, whereas when you're gay, you're like, oh, because you think that they either, like, yeah, like hate me and, like, threw me out of the house. And, like, yeah. I yeah. think, yeah, I think it's one of those things that it's just, like, what level, what comfort level are you? So, like, if someone brings it up to you, if someone's like, oh, you know, I'm I'm gay, I'm actually going home to visit my parents and my girlfriend's coming with me, that's, like, a lot of information that got offered mm. in which, like, like a normal person continuing the conversation at that level of, like, commitment mm. would be like, oh, that's really cool. So you're, like, have they met your girlfriend before? And, like, all mm. these kind of questions that are, like, actually quite a normal way of doing it because they've yeah. given you that information yeah, they're leading that's but they're not like go. backing you into a corner yeah exactly yeah I like it thank you for helping us be less dickish yes <laughs> I think it's because I'm like this is what I think about being less dickish but all these other people think totally well, yeah, different exactly. so like it's, it's a like, minefield have mm. fun kids um, <laughs> I just think it's one of those things where on the internet like you can't please everyone all the time and as much as you might think oh that's that thing I really regret was probably a dick there mm. are also other people that are like oh god I, I snapped too much of that person who mm. was probably not really being a dick like there's everyone thinks back and is like oh like, I could have done me? that better yeah. and like okay that's fine or whatever mm. and I think it's just like being that kind of consideration of like do no harm but take no shit which is a badge <laughs> on my wall that Lena really liked when she saw it and which is a, a philosophy that I like to prescribe to um, and it sometimes can make me very stressed because I'm like every time I realise I have done harm I'm just like have an existential like, crisis oh, and I'm oh, like I'm the worst person in the world oh god um, but yeah it's, mm. it's just it's just like when you're trying to be an ally it's just like prioritising other people when you're posting something online it's like taking a breath thinking about it and actually, if it's, if it's, if you regret it, just going back and just saying, like, I'm really sorry that was out of line. Mm. I was, like, kind of stressed that day. It wasn't anything to do with you. Um, because I think that admitting that we're wrong and apologising is something that, like, the online space doesn't really foster very easily. Because mm. it is this thing that can come back to haunt you and apologies mean nothing. And, like, it kind of mm. becomes a bit of a strange pressurised world. So I think there is something really powerful in being able to go back and... and you see, you see a lot of like positivity online where two people that start a conversation thread and you think it's all going to go horribly wrong and then someone corrects <laughs> someone and someone admits they're wrong and actually it's like, okay, cool, that was a nice, amicable conversation about, from two people yeah. who clearly were coming from very different places and actually mm-hmm. it's actually worked out really nicely. So I think it's just mm-hmm. that. Yeah, being being it's nice always people like in Hollywood general. car crashes. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes exactly. they have like happy ending. Yeah, exactly. They walked up into the sunset. Sometimes the internet can be a good place. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, Lena. Thank you so much for listening to I am not being funny, but the podcast where we ask the questions you pretend you knew the answers to, or the ones you didn't think to ask. I am looking for more good news for my gumption roundup. That is when I tell you guys about good things that are happening in the world. So if you have any links or stories of things that are happening that are good, please tweet them at me at Lena Norms. That's L-E-E-N-A-N-O-I-M. Don't forget to grab your tickets for the London Podcast Festival. Uh, as I said, the link is po.st slash Lena at Podcast Fest. Or you can find it on my Twitter. If you like this podcast, please leave a review, particularly on iTunes. It helps people find the podcast. And um, log off and bog off, I guess. If you have some questions but don't want to send me none, and have no fear, the podcast here, it's by not being funny, but with Lena. Hold up. 
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com.